Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the twice-weekly show about the show, Too Beautiful to Live. On Fridays, we bring you fun stuff like a clip show hosted by Ann and Christy about when the guys let the big dogs out. But on Mondays, we have a recap of the previous week's Too Beautiful to Live shows. And my name is Mike Frizzell. I'm in the Insect Museum in Kyle, Texas. I can't do it all by myself, so joining me up I-35 in New Breton, Minnesota, is Ann Lundholm. Good morning, Ann. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody, says Wayne <laughs> Cody. Uh, and in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, my bestest buddy and remaining big toe, Bobby Pape. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning, sir. Good morning, everybody. We have a lot of LRB business to take care of. This morning, which we will try to get through, including like a record. It seem, seemingly every week we have a new record amount of throw your phone moments. The show <laughs> has been very frustrating for people lately. It's really, and it seems to be caving in on itself. Hopefully the boys can pull the nose up on that soon. Of course, we'll do the week in review. We'll have a little bit of housekeeping to do. And then we'll let you know how to get involved. If I sound a little breathless today... It's because I'm a little under the weather, so please forgive me if I'm a little slow on the uptake and if I turn off my mic to vomit or just have Jesus. a little tea or adjust <laughs> or adjust my blanket um, uh, gen style. So uh, let's get on with LRB business. Anne, what do we have? Well, as you mentioned on Friday, we put out a clip show, which was all about the big dog if you uh, are a listener who doesn't actually know where the term big dog came from, this clip show will explain that for you as Luke recounts the original big dog story about his temper coming out. And Christy and I mostly spent the episode trying to answer the question, is Luke a jerk or the best friend ever? And we decided that both things could be true. So We can. Yes. Very protective just takes it a little bit, a little bit too far. And for good measure, we Everyone threw needs in... a friend like that. Yes. Well, I don't know. Do you? <laughs> I feel I, at a certain point in my life, I did need that friend and kind of was that friend. <laughs> I was going to say, I think Mike is that friend for me. <laughs> As Luke says, just because Thanks, someone comes in at a four on the asshole scale doesn't mean you have to come in at a 14. In response. And then we threw in, for good measure, a clip about Andrew's big dog, which is much smaller than Luke's big dog. Isn't and it mostly um, traffic-related for Andrew? <laughs> Usually. Or someone yeah. who was mean to him. That's all. Uh, so we had a lot of fun doing that show, and I uh, recommend, of course, everybody go back and listen to it if you have not already. It's worth noting that that's Andrew's metaphorical big dog, not his literal big stuffed dog, Henry, which is a whole different set of issues that we're going to get into uh, in a different way in our Week in Review. Oh, my God. I'm thinking of new ideas for clip shows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on, we'll remind you about the LRB picnic. I'm not going to say it's the superior of the two picnics, but, you know. It's not 90 minutes to 120 minutes drive on a weeknight evening. That's all. 
Our picnic on Friday, August 18th at 5 p.m. at Woodland Park by Green Lake. Come one, come all. Uh, Mike is being very hardline on the food and beverage assignments. <laughs> but if you're creative, I think you can figure out how to fit your preferred contribution into the, the slot that you're assigned. Well, I have good news for everyone on that front. Uh, Christy sent me a message the other day uh, asking me to make an announcement on this week's show as to whether or not I'm coming to the picnic. And I am not coming to the picnic, so I will not be available to fire your entree, dessert, or appetizer into the trash if it doesn't fit the proper protocol. Um, And the reason I'm not coming is we are closing on our new house on Monday, and we um, are going to be moving into that house during uh, the month of August and preparing this house for sale. Um, You know, some people thought it was the reason that we wouldn't be coming up with money. That's not really it, because Emily has a ton of hotel points from her work travel and I have a ton of Alaska Airlines points from my credit card, the Alaska credit card. Get it. It's awesome. And we could stay with relatives. I mean, that that kind of thing wasn't going to be uh, a problem. Uh, but, you know, we are very busy with this stuff. And I didn't want to come up, even though Emily would have, you know, graciously allowed me to come up by myself. I don't want to come up to Seattle by myself again. She hasn't been up to Seattle with me since our wedding. And I've only been up, I think, in 2011 and 2016. Um, I don't want to come up there again without her. Uh, And also, it's not something because we are who we are and we have the connections we have in Seattle, friends, family, and all that. It's not, I don't want to go up there for a couple days. And, you know, the days would just be the the picnic, the party at Will's, and then maybe I see my dad, you know, and I don't see anyone else. You know, I don't see my brother. I don't see my sister and all that. That sucks. So when we go up, we need to go up for a week or so, at least. So these are the reasons that I'm not coming to the picnic and I'm really sorry. There's nothing I want to do more than that. Um, and also, the, that picnic being in Seattle is fantastic. I've driven to Buckley from Seattle before, and it's not great. Uh, and the drive home, if you have to work in the morning, uh, even worse. So not not to throw shade on on the other party. That venue looks fantastic. But it looks fantastic for people who live near Buckley. That's all I have to say. I can hear the emotion through that, Mike. Uh, not just the sickness. So thanks for giving everyone an update on that. <clears throat> the, the sickness makes, makes, makes me a little more raw about it, for sure. I would like to be a good friend, but I selfishly don't support that decision. <laughs> <laughs> um. Mike, I just have a question. When are you going to stop buying and selling houses? Uh, well, I, we had this discussion the other day. I've been afraid to approach her about it, but I finally, finally did, and uh, and uh, 
she she did say that this is it. This is the last house <laughs> that that we're going to buy. So, thank God, I I should have been rolling tape on it <laughs> because um, we're still not unpacked from last from last year. Well, so. that should make this one a little easier, right? Well, the this this move will be made easier from the fact that it's not rushed and we don't have to um, get out of our house. I mean, it's not one fell swoop, you know. Yeah. We're financing that house and then we sell this house. So we can, you know, once we close on Monday, get the keys, we can start moving all of our bullshit that we never unpacked. <laughs> <laughs> Over there. And, and I have a feeling once we do that, this house will look a little better and more acceptable and be like, huh. At least to me, I'll be like, I could I could hang out here. But <laughs> Well, if anyone listening is interested in moving to Kyle, Texas, um, a, a great exurb of Austin, right? Sort of, kind of, not oh, really. You no, know, it's 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 fine. I mean <laughs> Emily Emily hates it, but I mean it's a nice, you know, Diverse neighborhood, builder homes, hardworking people who, you know, call the cops or go on next door and tell each other to call the cops on any car that parks <laughs> within three houses. You're within a mile and a half of a drive through blender liquor drink. Emporium. Oh, my God. Oh, that that's going to be a Less loss to you. Yeah. <laughs> We're within uh, limping distance of that place. Good. All right. Yes, let's move on to something else that we haven't talked about in a while because we have a Jam Tracker update. We got a donation this week from Candace, Candace Schroeder in Chicago. I don't know what put it in your mind, Candace, but thank you so much for thinking of us and helping to get us out of a few jams. Uh, an update on the Jam Tracker itself, uh, cumulative jams that we can now get out of 556 which is 9.26 repeating per person on the show. So that's getting up there. That's pretty good. I think we should be able to handle almost anything that comes up at this point. Yeah, the the repeating is good because we do tend to make the same mistakes. <laughs> yes. Uh, the next piece of business is something that I put in uh, because I have something to say about pizza towels. I wasn't on the recap last week uh, because I agreed to go back to my old second job and do inventory with them. And when they asked me a month ago, I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds like fun. I would love to see my friends. And then the day before inventory, I was like, shit, why did I agree to do this? Inventory sucks. Yeah, and it, it turned out that I had a ton of things to say last week about the show. But I can't let this pizza towel thing go. <laughs> About Luke confessing that when he's ordering in pizza at the hotel and he doesn't have any napkins, then he's fine to use a hotel towel. And Andrew seems to think that that also is an acceptable solution. And that is 100% not okay with me. I'm sorry. Are you adults or are you five? Do you make so much of a mess when you're shoveling pizza in your mouth, cookie monster style? You have to have a freaking towel to wipe your hands. You can't just pick up a slice and put it in your mouth and then at the end go wash your hands in the sink or use a Kleenex for God's sake. 
be grown men and deal with it. I don't know, Anne. Um, I've discussed this with Emily. We've both done the pizza towel thing. No, in, uh, not okay. <laughs> Bobby, care to weigh in? Uh, I've done some pretty embarrassing things alone in hotel rooms when options were limited. Wings? What are you going to do about <laughs> the wings? You using some Kleenex? <laughs> or between wings, washing your hands in the sink? What's going on with the with the wings, Bobby? I will actually say I have reached a point where I will keep uh, a stash of paper towels in my suitcase. Yes. Yeah, if you think about it in advance, yeah, that's that's ideal. But, I mean, who's thinking about the wings they're going to order at one thirty in the morning when they're packing their suitcase? Well, All right, me. a couple of things from that. <laughs> well, yeah, I, sorry, sorry I, I forgot who I was talking to. One, Bobby's a grown-up. Who's always thinking about ordering wings at one thirty in the morning? Bobby's a grown-up. And also, okay. there is no need to be ordering pizza at 2 a.m. in your hotel room. Well, also, oh, fuck part- yeah, there's nothing else. No. What are you going to do? No. <laughs> You're going to sleep in the bed. You should be an adult and figure out your meal times earlier so that you don't have to be stuffing your pizza fingers into your pizza face <laughs> at 2 in the morning. Pizza and I've fingers. come up. I've come up with a new rule, a new like <laughs> life rule for people. And this... <laughs> This applies to men. <laughs> Anne's got me. I'm going full monthly, Anne. <laughs> Pizza fingers. Oh, God. I have a rule that applies to men. And when I tell you what it is, I think you'll see why I phrase it like that. Although, ladies, feel free to adopt this. I want you, when you're going to do something like this, pizza towel monstrosity, think to yourself, would Justin Trudeau do this? Shit. Because I want to bang him, and I do not want to bang you if you're going to use pizza towels. This you, is different. You would, wipe, you would wipe the pizza sauce off Justin Trudeau's chest <laughs> at, <laughs> at 2.30 in the morning, I guarantee it, with a towel. If I found out that he was doing this, he would become markedly less attractive to me. I might uh, still want to wow. bang him. I'm not going to lie. But I, I got to say, and, uh, and please, everybody, whole LRB community, weigh in on this. Men and women, um, have you done this? Have you used uh, towels as napkins in a hotel room? <laughs> I'm not uh, okay with it. I'm going to be in Canada next week, next weekend. and so, And I'll be in a hotel room. And so I may be in a poutine fingers situation. Yep. And I'll be sure to report back on what Justin Trudeau would do. Uh, <laughs> napkins are not, I mean, they're readily available. And, no, I'm sorry, nap, not napkins. But tissues are readily available in the room. Napkins are never. And tissues are not good for, for uh, food consumption because they tear off, right? Yeah. Oh, they're definitely not optimal. But you know what you could do? You could lick your fingers if you're shamefully alone in your hotel room. You think room. that's There's nothing better? to stop that. Yeah, huh? Then using a hotel towel? Oh. Yes. And I've never disagreed with you more on a subject than this. You go ahead and don't waste any of that pizza sauce. Lick it right off. And then when you're done eating, go wash your hands like a normal person. Then you'd have to get off the bed. 
<laughs> well, there are sacrifices that have to be made in this solution life lesson that I I've mean, come up with. It's already 2.30. I'm finished with my pizza. One quick wipe with the towel, and I'm out. I realized that that 20 feet to the bathroom is really a challenge at that point in the night. It's dark. I might stub my toe, my remaining big toe. <laughs> Screw that. Wait, what's Bobby doing in your hotel room? That's a different question for a different time. There was that one night, though. In Yes, uh, yes there was. Yeah. We'll always have that in Bothell. <laughs> that day's in in Bothell. Uh, All right, um, I'm finished with it, but I feel very strongly. I'm just glad that you called me a grown-up in the clear. because I'm And you're to... wrong! It <laughs> bothers me! Uh, other people were also angry this week, Anne. Yes. No, really? <laughs> most, most of those actually were in accordance with a specific day and a specific topic. We didn't have uh, any sort of generalized throw your phone moments a la what the fuck are they doing kind of things. Um, So I will just mention a couple of things that came across the threshold that I really enjoyed. And one was that Ellen posted a picture of her and her gorgeous dog, Archer, wearing the merch. She was wearing her blue raw hoodie and Archer was wearing the red raw t-shirt. And I'm... And not having it. No, no. uh, He was... (laughs) extremely put upon in that picture yeah but i i get it's clear this. that the lrb isn't his favorite podcast <laughs> but he is so adorable that i feel like mike you might take a break from moving to skip up to san jose and just dog nap archer for your menagerie oh i love archer so much i follow him um i think uh ellen and i are like can i pet your dog um <laughs> We subscribe to that page, and I've seen Archer on there many times. Yeah, he's a good-looking dog. So that was cute. And actually, it fit him quite well, I will say, that shirt. Mm -hmm. So maybe uh, that's another thing to consider, people. Are you dressing your dog appropriately in LRB merchandise? Mm -hmm. Uh, Then the other thing that we had a lot of comments on was the Gus and Ellie commentary on Butthole Gate. Uh, and several people said that they think that Gus and Ellie should have their own podcast, a kid cast, perhaps. I will say I listened to that, and I thought that they discussed Butthole Gate much more sensibly than Luke and Andrew did. I think they they were they had uh, both sides covered. They were more they had more sensible solutions on the one hand, and then on the other hand, they were way more whimsical and imaginative. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I want them to have their own podcast or if I just want to elect them straight to Congress. Oh, that's because true. That kind of uh, convergence of thinking and creativity, they could solve a lot of problems if they put their minds to it. Yep. Um, I might be willing to put up with a literal butthole gate if it meant <laughs> getting healthcare figured out. I think there are some age requirements eh. for being in Congress. Yeah, we can... We can. We elected a reality TV star president. We can do whatever we want. Like those age requirements are really working. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll leave the throw your phone moments for now, and we will cycle back to them throughout the week as appropriate. And uh, our final piece of business here is, Bobby, you say that you have a solution to the kids on planes issue that you want to share. Yeah. 
I don't know why I didn't think of this sooner. I thought of this shortly after we finished recording the last recap, and it should have dawned on me earlier because this is a topic that's come up before. Um, I have gotten actually less shit than I expected about my comments from last week, but still some um, about how kids are human beings with rights, which I disagree with. Actually, kids don't have rights. (laughs) Talk to any kid who's tried to drive a car or vote or smoke. Kids don't have rights. But um, I agree that some kids need to get some places by air transport. I never denied that. I think that there are plenty of kids who don't need to be on airplanes. That doesn't mean they don't occasionally sometimes need to be. And I think it's kid by kid and basis, you know, uh, situation by situation evaluation needs to be done there. Uh, Every kid is different. Every trip is different. But all that is to say, for once in their lives, I think Amtrak has done something right which is that Amtrak has a quiet car. And living in the Northeast, where the Acela and the Northeast Regional are huge parts of the commuter world to get from Boston to New York to Washington, D.C., if I have to take the train to New York, I will forego a better class ticket uh, to sit in the cheaper fare section because that's where the quiet car is. Um, And if you have never experienced an Amtrak quiet car or a similar commuter rail quiet car, um, it is a place where if you drop a pin or your cell phone accidentally rings, 40 people will look at you in a smug <laughs> judging manner immediately. Um, it is cruel uh, how mean people are in the quiet car, and I love it because you've chosen to sit in that car. It's not the whole train. There are plenty of seats where you can be an asshole on your phone, uh, clipping your toenails and blasting music the whole time, do whatever you want to do. Uh, but the quiet car is a place for decorum. And uh, what I'm realizing, it's just, it's not kids' faults. It's airlines' faults. They need to put up a wall, and there needs to be a small section that is reserved for people who are not going to be loud and annoying. I would pay extra to take a seat, uh, much like I'll pay for legroom or whatever. I'll pay extra to sit in the section that is quiet. That means no loud kids. That means no loud adults. That's the solution. Sorry, Bobby. parents, kids. <laughs> Airlines need to address this. Bobby, that's very well stated. I'm, I'm glad you finally got your points out in a way that is going to piss off the fewest people. I think what what happens when these kind of subjects come up is parents, especially parents who have traveled with their young children, think you're talking about them. They mm-hmm. always think you're talking about them. They take They take every comment personally when it's not necessarily directed at them. So if you're if you're if you're a good parent, we're not talking to you. Right. Not at all. And I, and I have no doubt that everybody in our audience is a good parent. So please stop being pissed at Bobby and Andrew <laughs> because y'all are good parents. I trust that you are because this is, this is a certain class of people that listen to this show and listen to TBTL. Yep. It's just don't be so sensitive about it. Take it easy, mama. Um, and I made the point that I take some solace in, you know, kids having a bad day, at least seeing the parents of course. try to manage it. And someone yes. said to me, well, what if that kid's halfway up the plane? You don't know what's going on up there. But you do. You can tell when when the parents are trying versus when they're not. And, yes. um, and just because a parent has burned out and given up on their child for the day doesn't mean I should have to suffer. (laughs) And this is different. You know, this is not the grocery store. I had um, a cousin of mine posted 
uh, that she was taking her kids to the grocery store and she had just gotten the cart overflowing with full and the kids were well behaved the whole time. And then, of course, it was that last 10 minutes that was a meltdown. And she got all the daggers from all the other people at the store thinking that she probably just wasn't being a good parent or she had just, you know, beaten her child or something. And clearly she's trying her best. And, you know, grocery store is different. You know, you're not trapped there with that situation. And uh, uh, everybody's free to leave. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I can just walk out. I can't walk out of the plane mid-flight. And so uh, parents, I hear. I've had it. Get that emergency door for me. (laughs) And, and I, you know, when I was a kid, uh, my mom would start to yell at me and I would yell back, why haven't you taken your medication? So <laughs> I was a little bastard. I, I nice was, job by you. Oh, yeah. you. Uh, so I, I, you know, that's different. And that's also, you know, everyday mundane tasks things. I just, uh, the argument that plane travel is already terrible. So why does it matter? Also doesn't hold water with me because it doesn't have to be terrible. You can, you can take a couple of Xanax and a couple of glasses of wine and it doesn't have to be terrible. Sounds like my last date. (laughs) Okay. I have a, I have a thought and a question. Okay. Uh, I, Mike, Mike, I think you're very much right that we're not talking about any of our listeners. When we talk about bad parents, you are good parents, but I think the problem is that part of being a good parent is worrying that you're a bad parent. Right. You yeah, know, I can see that. Yeah. So it kind of feeds in on itself. So, yes, everybody listening, I've never met you. I've never met your children, but you are a good parent. <laughs> and the question that I have about this quiet section on the plane, Bobby, I think it's a great idea. But um, how is the noise going to be confined to the non-quiet section? Because I'm thinking of it like when we used to have smoking sections in planes. I mean, the smokers sat in one spot, but the smoke went everywhere. Uh, I'm not an engineer. Don't, don't you just lock? <laughs> don't you just lock down the babies in some sort of a soundproof uh, room and just? <laughs> and then when the flight's over, you unlock it and everyone picks up their babies. Oh, okay. I love that yeah, idea. Sure. But, but actually, no. I want to be in the soundproof chamber. <laughs> it's Thunderdome in inside of there. <laughs> The strongest baby gets to go to Disney. Well, yeah, the alpha baby gets yeah. to choose the, the where they connect to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's on the engineers. I don't know. Technology's come a long way since we were yeah. all, uh, you know, freewheeling with hot stewardesses and smoking and drinking in the plane. In Let the these new, newfangled, quote unquote, lady scientists come up with the. I didn't say that technology. That was like. <laughs> well, no, they quit. Quit sexually harassing us and we can get some shit done. Uh, maybe tomorrow. I'm a little horny today. <laughs> I think it's time to go to the weekend review. <laughs> and I'm going to start it with Monday 2425 uh, t- to catch a Walshner. <laughs> we'll go from one kind of uh, abuse to another. Oh, God, what a day this was. Uh, this is actually recorded on a Sunday. Luke is in Portland. And it's being recorded a day early because on Monday he has to go um, uh, to a full day of live wire meetings. Uh, he also has to go interview and moderate a panel of chefs from Spain talking about being chefs, I guess, from Spain. And um, he's not sure what the bigger problem is, the fact that he doesn't know anything about 
their food or or the fact that he doesn't speak Spanish. Or cooking at all, <laughs> right? Really, other than those blue apron spots. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the least convincing spots you've ever heard. Uh, but that is um, that is a throwaway compared to the rest of the conversation on this day. Uh, mm-hmm. The real story is that Andrew was thrown out of the kids section of the library in Queen Anne, I think on Saturday, um, for being a weirdo. Uh, so as a reminder, I'll just summarize the situation here. Andrew was scooting about, uh, needed to poop, and thought, as people do when they need to poop, hey, how about a library? <laughs> uh, a side note that he's not sure. I've if, done it. Oh, everyone's done it. He wasn't sure if his scooter was dying or if he's getting fatter, but either way, it's having trouble going uphill. You drive an underpowered, shitty scooter that's like 20 years old. Of course it has trouble getting up hills. You, you, you abandoned your car. So let's not complain about the scooter that's just doing its goddamn best. Well, and the thing is, he doesn't know if there's something wrong with it, but he won't take it into the shop because he's afraid they're just going to tell him he needs to lose weight. No, no shop. Yeah, no, no mechanic in the history. <laughs> you know, even the, even the 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 guy who worked on the scooters of those two fat guys from Guinness Book of World Records didn't tell them they needed to lose weight. Well, to be fair, those guys were putting that mechanic through college, or his kids through college. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the guy, Jimbo, in his coveralls and Dorito dust is not going to be in a position to judge Andrew. Um, no. Mechanics listening, you're not all fat and stupid, and some of you are judgy and mean. I'm not I'm not classifying everyone here. Okay, so the scenario, Andrew goes to the library, drops his deuce, then he's sitting in the children's section on a couch alone with no one around, an iPad chained to the side of the couch, and his final egregious act uh, after hanging around in the children's section is that there's a large stuffed animal of some kind, some sort of bear or something, also on the couch. And without thinking about it, he just reaches over and uh, puts his mouth – or his hand, excuse me. That's the next chapter. He puts his hand on the mouth of the bear and just closes it and then lets go. And he's, Just shut up, Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> And he's busted by a librarian who comes over and sternly but politely tells him he needs to go. <laughs> you know what? I, I had this discussion with Emily. I mean, I described the story because uh, she doesn't really listen to TVTL anymore. But I described the story to her. And she she was sort of taking Andrew's side because – and I can I can see her point – these these children's sections though they're so comfortable they got all these awesome couches and chairs like the adult section is like you know <laughs> shitty ikea bullshit and then the children's section is just amazing but then i had to explain to emily that uh, a woman sitting by herself in the children's section reading a book or whatever that's one thing dudes you don't get any leeway there a tall, bearded guy wearing a flannel shirt. Huge bearded guy. The, the kids section? Oh, no, that's not a red flag at all. Huge bearded guy who arrived alone and just came out of the bathroom after about 10 minutes. Yeah. 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 Uh, even they make the point that this is a George from Seinfeld moment. 
Yeah. And it is absolutely a, you're doing something only mildly awkward, but you're getting busted like it's extremely awkward. Maybe even it's more of a curb moment where, you know, I don't know. Oh, good point. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know. A little more subtle. He he clearly did not intend to be a creeper, but his major failing here was not proactively avoiding coming off like a creeper, which guys have to do. And I'm, I think because I'm a little bit younger, I mean, I'm not that much younger than Andrew, but a few years, I think I'm just crossing over into that point where I have to be more consciously aware of the way I interact with children. Yep. Uh, because it's one thing if it's like a friend's kid, like if we're all roughhousing with Aiden at Will's place or, you know, we're out swimming with Gus or whatever, that's great and that's fine. But like if you encounter a kid in the wild, mm-hmm. you can't just tussle his hair or something. No. Just, you're no. Right. And and I think Andrew just lacks that 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 uh, appearance of impropriety concern. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he knows he's not a creeper. Why doesn't everybody else know that? Well, because, you know, the beard. <laughs> like, like, Bobby, I get what you're saying. Like, I will only interact with kids in the wild if the parents are fully aware of it and and they and the kid are engaging me in some way. I I am the third player in that, you know, in that scenario. So, yeah, that 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 makes sense. And then Andrew could have, this could have been a complete non-story if the person came over to him, even if he had closed the bear's mouth. Uh, if if the lady had come over to him and he, he would have said, oh my goodness, I'm really sorry. I didn't, mm-hmm. I've never been here. I didn't realize. And then went and sat in the, in the super uncomfortable adult, I don't want to say adult, um, <laughs> in the <laughs> grown up section, the in the grown up section, section and just continued to read. That's that's a completely different non-story. Yeah. He just right, cut well, right through the beaded curtain to the adult section. Because there were no kids there. <laughs> there were no kids there. Well, so the, he wasn't creeping. The whole issue with this is that he knows that he shouldn't be upset about it, right? He's like, I understand that, it, you know, once she talked to me, it was a reasonable thing, but I'm still miffed about it. He's still just a little upset because it's him getting yelled at, even if it's in the most polite, gentlest, non-confrontational way. He still reads that as I'm in trouble and he gets defensive. Yep. Uh, It's immaturity. This is probably a good chance to to read um, Sarah's throw your phone moment from Monday. Um, Actually, we got a couple. I'll read them both. First, Sarah, she says when Andrew wanted to prove he was an okay guy and was defensive about getting kicked out of the kids' section of the library where he was enjoying the couch. Following a week of complaining about kids on planes and, quote, no longer thinking the kids shouldn't be allowed on planes. I have little kids. I never take them on planes unless I have to. It is an exhausting hellscape of constant vigilance, engagement, and apologizing. But you do have to take kids on planes because they are humans who like to leave the house. Again, I debate that. Here's where kids go to do shit and where the risk of frustrating nearby adults is reduced. Playgrounds, kids sections of public libraries. As a rule, we've also decided that random single adults are not welcome in those two places. And that's an excellent point. I wonder if in a playground alone, like next to an elementary school or something, if Andrew would have just sat on a swing. Because <laughs> that would be very, you know, a similar situation. Get on um, get on top of the big uh, plywood sailboat 
and read his book. <laughs> it's not that Andrew disagrees, even. It's just his getting miffed that, I guess, miffs me. Children need to leave the house. This means that every couple of days they need to go to Orlando. Is that... <laughs> Well, uh, that's a different podcast. We could keep going and that would be a different thing. Okay. Um, In conclusion, kids okay on planes because sometimes those miserable, trust me, parents, guardians don't have a choice. Single adults in the kids section of library, not okay because, of course, uh, and plus, you can go anywhere the fuck else. Uh, yeah, people have lately have been liking to throw some extra swears in the ends of the throw your phone moments. As, as someone who swears a lot, that's fine by me. But no, without inflection, sometimes it makes you sound harsher than you mean. Um, I'll read Carolyn's too. Monday's show where Andrew talks about being kicked out of the children's room at the library. Maybe it's because I'm a woman, but I feel like Andrew should know that unaccompanied adults are looked upon with suspicion in kid-friendly places. It's good he didn't act out or he could have had the police called on him. I, for one, am tiring of his aimless midlife crisis. Get a dog to occupy yourself, dude. <laughs> wow. Burn on the yeah. end of that one, Carolyn. Yeah. See, everybody's <laughs> looking for that kicker. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, he just doesn't understand mm-hmm. uh, the awkwardness of being that is a middle-aged man. Um, Andrew is actually genuinely wondering if he's okay or not. And Luke tries to console him by telling him a story of a time he accidentally walked into the ladies' room. Hey, that happens. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've done it. Well, it's and, so so stupid and embarrassing. In in 10 or 15 years, they'll all be, you know, gender-neutral bathrooms anyway. Yes. Well, maybe 30 years. So. Except in Texas where it'll you just got to line up and show all of your ID and your <laughs> right. birth certificates. and Lift all, your skirt, drop your pants, and all then, of the then bathrooms let you know where you can go. Those UA bathrooms with the mirrors on all sides. <laughs> right, 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 right. There'll be a there'll be a, a checker in every stall yeah. just watching you. Uh, Luke suggests calling the episode "Choose Your Own Crap Venture," which got overruled, but I liked it. <laughs> and actually, uh, based on the running grossness of this whole week of shows, "Choose Your Own Crap Venture" is not a bad episode title for us either. Nope. No. Uh, top story, it's Cheney Stadium, uh, and we have it on video from the PA announcer of the Tacoma Rainiers, addressed specifically to TBTL. We actually mentioned this last week on the recap, uh, but it is the top story here very quickly. Yeah, we broke the news before TBTL did. Yeah, not bad for a recap that only comes out once a week. <laughs> right. No. Well, thank God we got that question time. solved. I couldn't yeah. go to sleep at night not knowing what the correct answer Cheney was. Cheney or Cheney, God damn it. I, I think I need to take a sleeping pill. You know, they were national news because they were home to the AAA All-Star game and home run derby. Um, so there you go. Uh, thank you to listener Jenna, who... It's a shithole, by the way. Uh, I'm shocked. <laughs> you mean the AAA stadium in Tacoma is not beautiful? No, it's a shithole. Uh, Song of Ice and Spoilers is going to be back. It's going to be on Wednesdays because Song of the Summer is going to be Tuesdays, except this week. Sorry, Mike. Oh, man, this... this... You know, because, Bobby, you were very gracious. You said, hey, why don't you take uh, host and coast, which means um, host the show and take Wednesday. And I was like, fuck, yeah, I'll take that because I had a lot of shit going on this week. And it just didn't turn out well for me because uh, when Wednesday's show showed up and it was Song of the Summer and Song of Iceland spoilers and it was two hours long, I was like, come on! (laughs) 
I saw the show length and I immediately felt guilty. <laughs> no, it was, it was my fault for trying to cheat the system. <laughs> my fault. Uh, um, Karma. They, they talk about their hopes and expectations for Game of Thrones post George R. R. Martin's actual books. I stopped caring. Um, rat rolling is those giant hamster ball things. FYI, for the TBTL picnic, that's covered. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You want to get in one of those after about four or five toddlers have been in there. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you'll be sick for a month. And after you've had four hot dogs. Oh. <laughs> right. Right. And then you, you add your own uh, vomit into there. Sure. That's the last thing any human adult should want to do is get in one of those. Hot dogs, the original rat rollers. <laughs> Boom. There's a passing mention of uh, Jerry Tarkanian biting a towel, as he often did. Hey, about that, I have the same affectation. You know, because, like, I was thinking about this because later on in the week, Luke was talking about his aversion to cotton balls. I have the same attraction to chewing on towels that uh, Jerry Tarkanian does. If I have a towel over my shoulder, I'm always chewing on it. When I'm cooking and I have a, a a towel over my shoulder, I'm always biting on it in the side of my mouth. I don't know what it is, but it is a thing. So, uh, and is there a ruling on this? Pizza towel bad, towel oh, biting? Oh, God. Yeah, let's What's... get into this, Anne. What's your take? <laughs> What's the size of the towel? Uh, well, any it's any towel. Like a... Bath towel, when I'm on my way in and out of the bath, uh, I'm chewing on it. And then a dish towel slung over my shoulder while cooking, just I will have a piece of it in my mouth. I'll allow it. And you know why? Because those towels are still being used for their intended purposes. Okay. That's right. They're being used in support of a full court press. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> we have an update on the Michael Floyd kombucha gate. Uh, he was suspended four games from the NFL, not just the minimum two, meaning that the NFL is not buying the bullshit about his. Uh, They're really his not buying it. Post Dewey uh, test fail being just because you, of. Kombucha. You know what they should have done, guys? They should have just. Okay, okay, Michael, come into the NFL offices, bring your kombucha, <laughs> and let's just watch you knock it back. And we'll have our BAC, you know, um, you know, let's see if you can accomplish it without puking your guts out. Busted smoking. Here's the pull pack. Right. That's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. Like, okay, you fucking little liar. Who said, oh, this is the first time I've ever smoked a cigarette. Okay, dude. Come on in. You know, let's see how much you can take. Uh, and on the topic of kombucha, apparently multiple people are forcing their homemade kombucha <laughs> on Luke. How can uh, you just not say no to that? I would just say, no, I don't drink that. You know, man, like I, someone had their homemade, uh, um, let's say, and someone had some homemade uh, Diet Pepsi. You know, and you could just say, oh, no, thanks. I'm a Diet Coke person. I'd Thank say you, I'm though. good. I'm good. Yes. <laughs> How hard is that? Uh, and was... remind me what you're making this morning. Oh, I'm making a German chocolate cake. You can push your German chocolate cake on me anytime. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I 
But when I get into the homemade kombucha, you're not drinking it? Yeah, I'm going to pass that. That's going to be a hard pass. It's um, interesting because I was reading about kombucha a little bit, and the whole point of it is supposed to be the probiotics or whatever. But the the medical professionals will tell you if you're going to drink kombucha, please drink the pasteurized stuff because unpasteurized kombucha is just live bacteria. You make your own, and, and I know we have listeners who make their own kombucha, but it can be a little bit dangerous because it's bacteria that's grown in a non-sterile environment, and bad things can happen. So the experts say, yeah, don't drink the homemade stuff. And they then say, just drink the pasteurized stuff, and you don't get any of the probiotics because they're all killed by that. So I say drink the kombucha if you like the taste. The main point of kombucha seems to be building up your tolerance for kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the main purpose for kombucha was to round out your uh, buffet lunch from the Whole Foods. But I'm good. Hand me a Diet Coke or a bottle mm-hmm. of water. Um, Andrew, Or nothing. Or nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's an option. Yeah. Um, yeah. Andrew is sick of social conversations about people's diets. I'm on board with him. hundred fucking percent. Yeah. Come on, dudes. Have a, have a couple scoops of, of, of uh, Andrew's bean salad. It's not going to fucking kill you. Also, when you go to a brew pub, have a fucking beer. It's, you're, it's not going to kill you and just shut the fuck up about all your dietary shit. Sorry. I'm, I'm sick and I'm, I'm yelling, and I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry because we have a long way to go, and if you start yelling now, you might not make it through the episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> I, you have to get through Wednesday. Yeah, uh, I, I may, I may just decide to skip my day. Maybe the first time in history where a host just says, "Nope, not discussing my day." Uh, emails. Uh, Ryan, the ATM technician, uh, chimes in on the guy who got locked in the ATM booth, and he just said, "It, it happens." <laughs> Oof, happens more man. often than you'd think. Get locked in or get locked out. Uh, and uh, light you, phone. You would think you could buy your way out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you just wrote your note on a 20 or a 100 and shoved right, it in right. the slot. There's yeah. more where this came from. <laughs> get somebody to lo- to get me out. Fire. Uh, there's another two. There's a 200 in it if you just immediately get someone to get me out of here before I run out of oxygen. Uh, and we're supposed to talk about why uh, Luke has stopped using his light phone. We're told that conversation will be bumped to Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And it'll be bumped again. And mm-hmm. then never spoken of ever. Just like the light phone. Uh, I don't and... think that we're going to let him forget all about that, are we? The light phone will be dragged into the light eventually because we're too <laughs> invested in finding out what happened. Going to submit a FOIA request to APM about <laughs> it's going to be so disappointing when we find out. Yeah, that's true. All right, let's move on then to Tuesday, number 2426. I'm your Muppet. I am not your Muppet. Uh, <laughs> so the first thing is that they Luke and Carrie figured out that a raccoon came in through the pet door the other night and gotten to the cat food. So the pet door is now closed at night and if olive has not made it back in before that she's just gonna be an overnight cat that raccoon is is uh one piece of evidence that if olive continues to be an outside cat she will meet her demise at some point yep yep out there 
Well, I think that we all should prepare ourselves in our hearts for the day that it happens. Let's, yes. Let's not let this surprise us, guys. I, oh, she will. She will get hurt real bad, at least. I just want to compliment everyone hearing this, because if you're hearing this, it means you've probably replaced the phone you threw when you heard Tuesday's episode. So thank you. Nice done. Well done. Nice work. Yep. Uh, so Andrew has been called into Cairo for emergency fill-in for Ron or Don, whichever one of them is sick. I don't know the difference between the two of them. I know there's a good one and a bad one, but that's about it. <laughs> one has a mustache. I, I'm pretty that's sure. Funny. I'm pretty sure he gets he gets usually called in for Don because okay. Ron is the nice one and he's the one who wants to have Andrew or Luke in. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Ron's the one who takes him to the Swedish club or whatever, right? Yeah. Don is the Don is the pompous asshole, and I'm sure when he has a co-host in. He wants some sort of minion. Mm-hmm. I think they should have thought about this when they started the show. Maybe they should have gotten people with less similar names. I understand it's real punchy, but it makes it confusing right. for some of us. Uh, it, but it does so, when you you don't you don't live in Seattle, and even if you did, you probably wouldn't care about Ron and Don. Right. Yeah. Uh, so the upshot of this is that they're kind of on the clock. They got to be quick with the episode, and Andrew is. Nervous and anxious because he's unprepared to fill in on Ron and Don because usually he at least reads the articles beforehand, but now he's not going to even have any time to do that. And I'm like, oh, so every day with TBTL, then not reading yeah. the articles. You should I don't be fine. think he's read an article for three years. Probably not. Uh, then we move into what I characterized as nonsense about some bird call app that Andrew has that he's really excited about and he wants to play bird calls for Luke. So he makes Luke pick a bird and uh, Luke argues that the blue Jay calls that Andrew plays are not the blue Jay calls that he hears in his backyard. And there were a number of people on the sense page who said what Luke is hearing is actually a Stellar's Jay, not a blue Jay. And that's why it sounded differently. Those were blue Jay calls that Andrew played. Mm -hmm. I've heard them. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then Luke decides he wants to get into the action, so he tells Andrew that uh, they have a barred owl <laughs> that he hears and he wants to play Ooh. that. And he plays the, the fart transplant drop instead of the barred owl. Uh, but he's it. disappointed because Andrew was like, yeah, I kind of knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> I have to credit Luke. He, he does not telegraph these things. I mean, I was no. surprised. I was surprised and I laughed. He's just great. really good at playing it straight until the moment he drops that in. But Andrew says they've worked together so long that he's kind of, he just knew. <laughs> I don't doubt it. <laughs> but then thankfully they uh, they end the bird call stuff because, oh boy, not interesting. I wanted to Sorry. just make a joke about a Blue Jays call to the bullpen, but I don't know any of the relievers <laughs> on the Blue Jays this year. <laughs> uh, then we move on to another really fascinating topic about this broadcast coffee mug, coffee cylinder. It's a very attractive thing. I saw it. Uh, and Andrew had one in Austin, but he was so feverishly trying to shed all his baggage that he gave it to Luke. Because Luke likes it, and now Andrew's sad that he doesn't have his broadcast coffee mug, and so he's going to go meet Barry and get a, another one. That's well, pretty nice I of think, Barry. I think what happened in Austin is once Andrew 
figured out he was going, you know, his flight was four hours earlier than he thought. He had planned to check a bag and then he was like, you know, had to downsize into run through the airport uh, situation. So he was shedding and shedding and shedding. And and uh, so this is this is how he lost contact with that beautiful <laughs> mug. I tweeted at Barry. I told him we would trade an LRB mug for a broadcast coffee mug. And I think he might be down. So um, I'm thinking we might maybe give one away at the LRB picnic. Or I might just keep it. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I just want to meet Barry because I don't know any guys named Barry, and it seems cool to know a guy named Barry. Life goals. Uh, Barry, life goals. I don't know if Barry listens to this, but I did email him, and I said, Barry, you need to come on LRB. Your passion project is amazing. It sounds like more than a passion project. I love coffee. I've actually mused about roasting my own coffee because I think that's going to be the next big hipster thing. Like, people have brewed their own beers. Some people make their own wine. Uh you know, they make I own... would try your coffee, not your kombucha. Yeah, exactly. They're making their own kombucha. How about I roast my own who, coffee? Who beans? would turn down someone's coffee, someone's homemade coffee, yeah. you know, to uh, taste? That's a way more attractive hobby for your friends See, to try. So we need to get Barry on the show so that he can bring us a clip from TVTL history. Maybe coffee love and maybe not. And then also so I can glean as much information as possible about how to burst my own coffee. I see. Mm -hmm. I see where this is going. Oh, well, the equipment's not working yet. Well, we have you, uh, Barry. Uh, Um, Well, based on how generous he is, maybe he just, you know, ship me a coffee roaster. Sure. Get me started. Sure. You you believe that, Bobby. I'm sure. uh, Free free plug. We we have ordered the... um, We've ordered five different kinds of broadcast coffee. We did a big multi-pack order, and it was all good. So uh, mm-hmm. well worth it and free shipping. So even though I'm literally all the way across the country, I got it, and it was great. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, at this point, there are a couple of small side stories that I wasn't even going to mention, but I, I will bring up uh, what Luke said about his nephew Jack getting a, a bass for his birthday and how he was playing Hall and Oates on his new bass. And the reason that I want to bring this up is because we got a great throw your phone moment on the subject as there was some video and Luke was trying to remember which one was Hall and which one was Oates. And David wrote to us, Hall is tall. It was a big thing early on. And damn it, Luke, you made a big deal about teasing Jen about it. And for people that remember, that was Jen came up with that mnemonic was Hall is tall. And then there was more like Hall has four letters and tall has four letters and Oates has five letters and short has five letters. And Luke yeah. was like, yeah, once you get past Hall is tall, it's kind of process of elimination. Yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't need the other. You don't need the other part of the. He equation. gave her all that shit, and now he can't remember <laughs> which is which. Also, if you've ever seen pictures of Hall and Oates, uh, you know which one is Daryl Hall and which one is yep. John Oates. It's just yep. not confusing to anyone in the history of time. <laughs> that is true. And then there's a thing about Luke's Lyft driver who had gotten his expenses down so low that he only needed to work six days a month which I just want to know exactly what his living situation is, that he only works six days a month. Well, he got a great deal on a quote-unquote tiny house built in somebody's backyard. 
Right. Right. <laughs> He'll build it as long as you let him live there for six months. Yep. And and run uh, run cable and run electricity. And... Right. Yeah. Uh, then they get into uh, what I really liked for this day, which was Luke's uh, recap of the Spanish food festival that he did the interview at. And he got some street puppet performers to recreate Andrew's library incident, complete with closing the puppet's mouth and then getting berated by, uh, I think one of the other puppets berated him. Uh, Andrew said he was going to put it in the newsletter, but he didn't. So I'm actually glad that they played part of it. And uh, my favorite thing that Luke said here was, quote, I did not say to the guy, will you menace me with your puppet, unquote. I think menacing just comes with the territory. You don't ask somebody who's (laughs) got their hand up a puppet for a living to not menace you. Yeah, they do kind of get in your face. Yeah. Uh, Then we learn, and I was like, of course, of course, that Luke dabbled in ventriloquy when he was a kid and so you add that to the juggling and the unicycling and you got the hat trick of weird kid things (laughs) i mean he's not just unicycle guy he's juggling unicycle guy who's throwing his voice and that's pretty sexy (laughs) uh then at this point andrew makes a stock making story And I wrote in my notes, look, something more boring than talking about Song of the Summer is Andrew talking about making stock. Uh, He says that it's a tedious process. And I was like, you're telling me, pal. And that's all I want to say about stock. Unless you guys have any really trenchant commentary. It was it was um, I thought I was being pranked. You know, when he starts telling stories like that, I. I think this is Andrew's version of a prank, but it never is. So I got to stop thinking that. Get I know. Stock I, rolled. I, <laughs> I don't need to hear about how long it takes to skim the fat off the top of the stock. This, like Andrew, when, not when you're necessary. telling a story, um, when you're telling a story and you're about five minutes in, and the person on the other end hasn't reacted in any way to any part of it, it's time to just. <laughs> It's over. Okay. Find a way out. Whew. I think, can we get like some sort of metal or decoration to say I survived this stock story? Something. (laughs) I'm going to get a whole rack of ribbons from my time listening to TBTL for some of this stuff. Purple carcass. Well... Let's go to the top story for today. Uh, Steve Whitmire, who has done the, I guess, performed Kermit the Frog ever since Jim Henson passed away, has been fired from being Kermit by Disney. Uh, They talk about how Jim Henson died of pneumonia, and they're both sort of surprised about that. But, you know, he was a Christian scientist, and that's they have uh, that distrust of, of doctors and conventional medicine. So that may have played into that. But uh, then they talk about all the different sides to the firing, and apparently old Steve was really protective of Jim Henson's legacy, and he would sabotage other people who auditioned to be puppeteers, and he refused to train anyone to be his Kermit backup, and he had all sorts of things he felt that were beneath Kermit as he protected 
Jim Henson's legacy. And the other side is that he was just an asshole. So there we go. One thing that I find fascinating about these machinations with um, like the puppet and the mascot world are when someone gets fired like Kermit or Mr. Met or whatever is like, is there like a job board? Is there some sort of a, you know, uh, a weirdo LinkedIn that these people go to to try to get new gigs? It's actually just uh, – it's a bulletin board, and it's in the hallway right behind the kids' section of the Queen Anne Library. Ah, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've always said Andrew kind of looks like a Muppet. He has described himself as a Muppet on several different occasions, including he, in the Clint show on Friday. He's just big and – he's just big and lanky and floppy and hairy. Yep. I mean – he is Fozzie Bear, seriously. He doesn't do a good Fozzie Bear, but he looks like Fozzie Bear. Yeah, speaking of that. And I uh, mean that as a compliment because I would love to look like Fozzie Bear. Yeah, I Fozzie's laid great. a lot more in my life. Uh, so Luke does a surprisingly decent Kermit. I mean, it wasn't great, but it was better than I thought he was going to do just off the top of his head, never having tried it before. But the thing is, Kermit's easy. I don't know that Steve Whitmire yeah. should have felt so secure in his job because Almost anybody can do a decent Kermit yes. impression. Seriously, it's of course. Just not a big deal. And Andrew makes a tiny, tiny attempt at a Fozzie Waka Waka, which is pretty pathetic. You have to commit, Andrew. So, so I mean, I think what we're, what it gets down to is, like, there's probably 10,000 people that can do a spot-on Kermit, and dude just wouldn't teach him how to work the little hands. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I mean, let's let's not get crazy because Kermit wasn't like, you know, he wasn't uh, he wasn't doing high comedy, so nope. D- dude just wouldn't show anyone how to use the hands. And asking how to work the little hands is exactly when the librarian calls security. <laughs> and it also sounds like my last day. Yeah. Uh, this is where we find out that there's going to be no song of the summer revealed today. Um, boy, we were getting late. It was so late into the show. I was, I was like, so mad. I was like, they're not going to. How are they possibly going to get to Song of the Summer? They made such a big deal about how Tuesdays for that and Wednesdays for Game of Thrones. And then they didn't do it. But they still do have 15 minutes to talk about what name they should have for the final eight. And Andrew loves the L-O-R-U-8, which Luke uh... essentially put down as like a placeholder joke. And he just loves it, and Luke hates it. You can tell Luke hates it, and he keeps trying to get to something else, but Andrew's like, no, I love it. So that's what they went with it. I, we gotta... I keep trying to find Ellen's story of phone moment. Does, can oh. one of you pull that up? Yeah, it's right. It's on the sheet right here. I'll read it. Uh, Ellen said, listening to Luke and Andrew discuss the name of the final eight song for Song of the Summer, it's taking all of my willpower not to suggest I hate Song of the Summer. <laughs> P.S. I know you guys don't want to talk about it, and I approve, but I really need somebody to weigh in on whether that country song is any good. Are any of you country fans? Was the song good? I thought I was country tolerant, but I'm now questioning myself. Bobby? Yeah, I put a pretty big note on here. So I'm not entirely sure if she's talking about the Pokey Lafarge song. And I thought I mentioned this last week. Maybe I didn't. 
Um, it was all kind of a haze in the campground. Isn't but... that Megan Coughlin's dog, Pokey Lafarge? <laughs> <laughs> it should be. Um, but if that is the song we were talking about, that is not country music. I think the guys called it alt country or something like that. Um, so I most country music is bad, and so is this song, but that does not make the song country music. Um, mm. The song is what the artist would describe as folksy roots music. Um, and I would describe as a caricature of folksy roots music. Um, so again, song bad, most country music bad, the song, not country music. There's your diagram. And what weirdo deliberately takes the name Pokey Lafarge? So I, that, I that looked, can't be his real name, I right? I into this. No, that is not his real name. His real name is, let me scroll up, there's a surprisingly large Wikipedia article about this. Um, his real name is Andrew Heisler, and he's uh-huh. from Bloomington, Illinois. Uh, apparently, Pokey was his childhood nickname because his mother would scold him to hurry up when he was a child. I'm citing this from Wikipedia. Wikipedia cites it to something legitimate. Yeah. I would have changed it from Heisler. Heisler's a little Germanic, but <clears throat> Pokey Lafarge, no. Well, you know, no. it, it was it was probably Lafarge, and then at Ellis Island they just changed it to Heisler. So, right, you know, uh, no, there's no explanation of where Lafarge came from in this article. Oh, wait, no, I lied. It does. He, I'm reading this on the fly. He adopted the name Pokey Lafarge later because it sounded like what he was looking for musically during the time when he was moving around the country. So he pulled it oh, out of his ass. That's what that means. Lafarge is actually French for the Farge. <laughs> well then i my mind has changed about it that's amazing <laughs> yeah and if we're talking about uh one of the other songs then i can't help you i don't know <laughs> right well we end this episode with just a heads up that luke's going to be taking some vacation later he talks a little bit about that on friday but we're going to have some fill-ins, of course. Rachel Bell will be back. We're going to have Bean. I'm pretty excited about having Bean Baxter on the show. Nick Jarn will be making a return. And I'm sure lots of our other favorites, Mike. No, 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 Aaron Mason. Um, I really hope, anyway. But uh, I'm sure Phyllis will be appearing because she likes to keep that shit under wraps. So mm-hmm. she probably told Andrew not to mention it. All right, uh, Wednesday, I didn't even... Okay, there it is. Stop naming nights. That was probably the funniest thing about Wednesday. It it emerged out of the Game of Thrones talk, and it uh, it was all right. But the, the opening of it, this is really... It's probably the biggest throw your phone moment for everyone for the entire week. Olive brings in a screaming rabbit, a bunny, baby bunny, and they have to let it loose. And then Olive gets it again and they have to let it loose again. And at the end of all this, Luke asks for advice on how to keep Olive from being such a great hunter. Um, how many throw your phone moments did we get out of this? Only two 
specific ones. Oh, I was I thinking say, also on the Stens page. And- oh, yes. I am including ones that were only sent directly to us. My very favorite of them was from Farron, who wrote this in the style of a newspaper headline. Area man surprised. Cat descended from barn cat. Good at hunting and killing. Uh, yeah. Uh, right after this happened, I got a um, message from DJ Moffat and his girlfriend's cat is a hunter and brought back a rabbit who was very severely injured and his girlfriend had to brain the rabbit. Aww. Uh Yeah. So he went out and bought her a pellet gun so that next time she could just shoot the prey in the head that was brought back. Uh, yeah, keep your keep your cat inside and none of this ever happens. And also spare yourself the heartbreak of your olive being severely injured in many hospital stays and also a death from coyote or a two deer fight with a raccoon or a possum. So all these are inevitabilities. I'm just saying, you know, I'm putting it on the record here. None of this is going to end well. Mm -hmm. Um, Like DJ needed an excuse to buy a pellet gun. I know. He's he's always buying guns. Um, Tim and Eric skit, Celery Man. I went and watched it. It's the... um, What's the guy's name? Rudd? Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd doing all the dancing or whatever. It's all right. It's, I don't know, nothing too funny for me. I cracked a smile. I didn't laugh. Uh, There's a hot air balloon emergency landing on Highway 2, and the lady doesn't care. And she truly seemed to be Virginia Horson. Horson. (laughs) Um, I think I happen to think hot air balloons are very stupid, and it's such a um, huge risk reward proposition. Uh, I don't know what the thrill of gliding a little bit above the earth, combined with the risk to life and limb and emergency landing and all that. I my my main opinion about it is. I mean, I would go on a hot air balloon thing, but if things went sideways like they did about 10 miles from our house here, which we could have seen if we were awake that early in the morning, because they always take off early in the morning because that's when the winds are calmest. And when you're a hot air balloon, you want to control your environment. You don't want it to be very windy. Um, My main complaint would be if the thing is crashing, it's like five thirty, six in the morning, and and now I'm crashing into a power line, or I'm, you know, s- soaring up into the atmosphere and losing consciousness. I'm thinking, I fucking got up at three a.m. for this. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you know, like you push through your alarm for this. No, why couldn't I have just, uh, eh. I know we prepaid our Groupon or whatever, but mm, <laughs> fuck it. I'm going to bed. I'm staying in bed. But I have a counter argument to this. Please. They're, they're so pretty. To look at? Yeah. I can do that from the <laughs> ground. 
But don't you think that if you were up in a, bas- a basket in the midst of all, like I'm looking at pictures of the Albuquerque Hot Air Balloon Festival. Man, if I was just up in the middle of that and I got to see all the other balloons around me, that would be awesome. Bring a blanket, put together a picnic lunch with your homemade kombucha, and just watch it from the ground. All right. What are you losing except living <laughs> for another day? That's all. I could take or leave all of it. That's all I got. All right. Uh, they discuss the new segment, whether to score hollies or slam dunk pointers as a skill for sports credibility in a story. And slam dunk pointers sound, sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm in favor of that segment, but yeah, um, Luke doesn't need to show off so much next time. The movie The Disaster Artist is coming out, and I can tell you, Cullen's pretty excited. I bet. About this. He's been obsessed with The Room for, uh, you know, pretty much ever since he discovered it in probably late uh, middle school and early high school. And he made a film, which was, I think, a follow-up to The Room, which I appeared in, and uh, it was... Pretty fantastic. Cullen played, who's the, who's the main guy? Tommy Wiseau? Yeah, Cullen played Tommy Wiseau, and we'll see how his performance stacks up. (laughs) (laughs) Was Cullen able to get it in any theaters for Oscar consideration? He, well, as a matter of fact, we did get it into a theater. We got it into the Alamo Draft House on uh, Anderson Lane. Wow. During the um, Anderson High School uh, Film Festival. And and I did manage to watch the entire thing with my face inside my hoodie. (laughs) I'm the the only other actor that appears, who appears in the film. And my performance was pretty stellar. I do have a background in community theater when I was a youngster, so... I'm pretty proud of my performance, but I did kind of have to ham it up just to bring it up to Cullen's Tommy Wiseau level. Right. If you happen to go to YouTube and catch this film, um, it's about, I don't know, between 9 and 11 minutes long, and roughly half of it is credits because (laughs) Cullen was obsessed with credits. So... You know, there's about a three or four minute intro with just credits and then three or four minute outro with just credits. And then there's a little movie inside there, which is quite a delicious nugget. Um, They play the uh, rooftop clip from (laughs) from the trailer with all of the takes from Tommy. So I am real. I do really want to watch this film because the room is amazing. And this should be pretty great. Andrew says it's not for him. Um, how, how do you feel about the room, guys? I mean, um, Anne, have you seen any of it? What's your experience? I have not seen the room. I would say that I am not particularly interested to see it. I mean, you hear so much about it. it's so bad, it transcends that uh, badness or whatever. But I really don't like to spend my time watching things that are delusionally bad 
So uh-huh. and now at this point, I I feel like um, whatever expectations are such that I just couldn't possibly enjoy it because I've heard so much about it and how so many people love it that I I couldn't help but come to it with some expectations that would not be met. But but I I don't love it. And people that that watch it usually don't love it. It's a shit show. It's such a jaw dropper. It's a, it's a can't look away situation. It's like some sort of sidewalk scene. I don't know, hmm. Bobby. I've seen it. It's been a while. Um, it's bad, and I don't know that it transcends being so bad that it's good. I think it's so bad that you feel compelled to sit through it's it's like rubbernecking a car accident i don't know that that makes it a good thing it just is bad it is bobby did do, do, do you ever when when you watch that thing were there moments when you're like can they turn this around is there going to be a moment of decentness anywhere in here and you're just amazed that it gets worse? Yeah. I mean, they, the problem is going into it, I had that expectation that I knew it would be bad because it was famously bad. And uh-huh. it is awesome in how bad it is. Uh, uh-huh. It just – I so no, I, I never thought that they'd pull up the nose on the, okay. on the train of it just because I had that preconceived – I would have had to be one of the 17 people who saw it in the movie theater. I guess to not have that pre right. pre impression. What a great experience! Can you imagine having that experience? <laughs> Can you imagine having that experience and then and then you going to your friends like that later that night and trying to explain it, and they're just never going to get it. <laughs> I have that um, that feeling once in a while. I work from home, and so sometimes I'll have a free afternoon or whatever, and Sam will be at work, and I always think, "We should just go to a movie." And to be some asshole who just walked it off the street and ended up seeing that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, uh, I I don't know what to say about the room. I'm not super excited about this. Although I am um, happy for the guy who wrote the Disaster Artist, the book, because at least he's turning this into like he has mm-hmm. parlayed this terrible experience into his launch pad. Uh, oh, he's a great dude. Yeah. He, um, I've heard of interviewed in a bunch of places. Even our friend from TV. TDP Kevin Moyer's got a chance to interview him, and he is really a wonderful guy. And it was a career ruiner for him. Yeah, Greg Sestero. He he's made the rounds on um, on all of media talking about his book, and uh, yeah, he has turned this into. If you go to Greg Sestero's Wikipedia page, the entire intro is about the room and the book he wrote about the room. This is it. Yeah. This is his life now. All right, uh, moving on. At Midnight is canceled. Um, that show always made me a little mad in that um, they always solicited uh, comments like tweets and, and all this shit. And I don't even remember if I contributed more than a couple tweets to it before I realized that it was only people with way more followers than me that they ever posted up on their mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. And and I this this is the most egotistical you'll ever hear me be, but I always think that I am one of the funniest people in any room that I'm in, no matter how big the room is. And I would see them post comments that were like 
you know, kind of the same joke that I was making and not nearly as funny. And these would be people with hundreds of thousands of followers. And I have, I don't know, a thousand plus or whatever. And I'd be like, I don't have a chance at this. This seems, you know, it's a funny show. It's a good idea. But they seem to be trying to build their thing. And I don't blame them for that at all. That's what I would do if I were them would be I would always be retweeting the more famous people. Um, Bobby, I, I know you've tweeted at midnight before. Did you ever get anything on there? Or? Uh, I don't think so. I've never actually sat and watched a whole episode of at midnight. I would just see the tweets flying and just jump in on the shtick um, yeah. because I can. And I know a couple of other people who, you know, every night would take their best stabs at it. And I was amused at seeing the cross section of people I already knew who were tweeting at midnight because I wanted to see what my funny friends were coming up with. And that's the only mm-hmm. reason I get into it is that the, uh, the Twitter God algorithms would push me their responses. Um, and you know, that's it. Uh, I, I'm not sad to see it go cause I didn't care enough. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. something tells me people will still continue to try to be funny on Twitter. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, People, the famous people will continue to retweet famous people and not the funniest people. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know. I, something about Chris Hardwick kind of rubs me the wrong way. Like his whole, I, like he's a bro geek or something. Right. Being a geek and being a bro are mutually exclusive. And I don't like how he straddles that line. Yeah. Uh, when uh, Jeremy and Christy were starting Nerd Out Loud, that was one of Jeremy's early shticks was to pretend that he was in a rivalry with Chris Hardwick because they both had the nerd named podcasts. <laughs> uh, and I'll I'll also mention I do have one friend, um, actually the pianist who plays with my day job ensemble Boston Music Aviva. Um, he got on the show. I was just looking through his Facebook posts for the picture of the TV screen. This was May Day 2017. He got on for problematic kids shows with Dora the Impaler. So <laughs> I give that. I know one person who's gotten a tweet up on at midnight. Hey, sometimes you hit a 500 foot home run and they can't. Exactly. They can't deny Undeniable. It. Right. Uh, Luke admits to watching Chris Hardwick's uh, emotionally um, manipulative Plinko. Show which I have watched, and I, I watched it a couple times, and yeah, it's just it's too much. It's too much. Um, he doesn't understand offshore sports betting. Uh, he he thinks, well, first of all, he thinks that you have to have a bookie. You don't. There are many many reputable offshore companies that have been around a long time. And we'll take care of your money. And if you win, yes, they have the money. That was one of the things I thought was great was he was like, well, what if I bet and they don't have the money? (laughs) Well, (laughs) what are they in business to do? Of course they have your money. At first he gets the, the VIG right, which in very simplest terms in sports betting, like just a straight up bet where, uh, say the Atlanta Braves are, playing the New York Mets and the, the, the odds are even 
Like the pitchers are even. Because both teams you are awful. To, <laughs> right, right. And so you're you're a desperate, degenerate gambler, and you're just going to make a bet on this game, and you decide to take the Braves, and you say, okay, I want to bet on the Braves. I want to bet $110 to win $100. And someone who bets on the other side has to do the same thing. They have to bet 110 on the Mets to um, <laughs> to win $100. So that's the VIG. That's how they make their money. And they, by, by trying to, you know, make the odds, like, like trying to draw equal action on both sides, that's how they make their money. And that's how they continue to exist. And that's how they keep building all these sports books in Vegas and offshore. It's a commission, right? Yeah, it's a brokerage yeah, commission on each bet. A brokerage fee. Yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah, exactly, brokerage fee. Um, it's not complicated. So I'm not going to get any more worked up about it because my heartbeat's already, already elevated. <laughs> uh, so moving on to Song of the Summer. Bobby, I mean, Anne, you couldn't be less interested. Bobby, you're probably the most interested. These are the notes I have. Song of the Summer. Despacito loses to the George Harrison cover. Um, uh, Hank Kingsley wins with Hey Now. Uh, <laughs> the Big Boy slash Bismarcky song wins. Um, Katy Perry Ska slash Catchphrase Catch Some Feeling song wins. Rugged Uncle fell from Robert Smith from The Cure song wins. The Woo 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 song loses, which I was really happy about because how dare Luke, um, how dare they lock out the spreadsheet song and stick in the Woo 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 song. So fuck the Woo 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 song. Agreed. Uh, Then my my notes kind of end here. There may be some more matchups left i just wrote (laughs) when is this going to end who cares i'm done and to which i say to the whole thing kendrick lamar is better than all this bullshit uh yeah all right let me let me do an official song of the summer update no actually your update was pretty good uh portugal the man beat despacito despite our of course fucking with the polls to make despacito try to win except we didn't luke um my takeaway from all of this, uh, the the Shine On Me uh, Harrison cover, as you put it, built Beat Guilty by Lady Ray. Uh, the the reason I point this out is um, I'm actually pleased that most of the bullshit got knocked out of the first round of Song of the Summer. So um, Despacito, which almost didn't even get into the bracket, got knocked out by what I am sure will be the uh, Song of the Summer for real feel it still by Portugal the Man, even if it doesn't win this contest. Um uh, Thunder Thighs got beat out by a genuine jam. Um, Big Boy and Kendrick Lamar, I think, was the hardest bracket of the two. And uh, Big Boy won, and now it's an even harder bracket with Big Boy and Hey Now for me personally. Um, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen and Calvin Harris was brutal because I think both are legit summer songs, and a lot of these aren't. Um the whole fell from space rugged uncle and Jadena bracket, I think could have been eliminated <laughs> and just doesn't deserve to move on. And the woo woo song pissed me off too, for the same reason. So many songs and people bitched 
rightfully so on Facebook in the Stens page about how songs that got more votes weren't counted. And yet they just sort of slipped this in there because they couldn't count when they were putting the thing together. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeffrey Osborne, a Rhode Island native, but still upsets me. Um, and then also a little sadness that the Galantis song, No Money, which was a little on the nose with its bullying message, according to the guys, um, got bumped. Um, that was Ellie's nomination, and she was very excited to help promote it through the rounds. And so I think we should just go ahead and say that our song of the summer is No Money by Galantis. <laughs> <laughs> the hell with this bracket. And move on, yeah. The thing that is annoying me today about Song of the Summer, and I do say that's annoying me today, is that Luke could not telegraph any more obviously what he wants to happen by his responses to this. When Andrew would say, you know, whatever, give a result, and he would go, oh, or really? Or yes. I mean, he is totally letting everybody know what he wants to happen, which he did, whatever it was, two years or three years ago with the the swimming pool um, blues. The swimming pool blues. Yes. He they talk later on in the week about not wanting to put their thumb on the scales for any of this. He is putting his thumb on. He's putting his whole fucking hand on the scale every time they discuss anything. And it's not fair. He makes no any kind of pretense of maintaining any kind of objectivity or neutrality on this. And I don't like it. If that scale was on the nose, maybe they'd back away from it. Uh, Oh, and can I say one other thing that I was thinking about uh, last week that one of the things that was making me mad last week is that I've decided what I want you guys to get me for my birthday. And I know my birthday is not till February. So this gives you some time but this will be good for next year's Song of the Summer when Andrew introduces the Calvin Harris song that he is wants to pick for the bracket. And Luke's like, yeah, that's great. But listen, here's this totally other Calvin Harris song that I've been listening to and I like. And I'm just going to play it for you right now because. And at that point, I want some sort of button that I can press that sends an electric shock down the IPDTL line into the past and gives Luke a monster electric burst because that is not acceptable, Luke. <laughs> uh, if we put an electric shock collar on Luke, he'll never be able to do the show from the pool again. <laughs> <laughs> well, he can do I, it I one care. more time. <laughs> I don't care how this happens. I just I want this button. I don't think that's too much to ask. All right, we got to keep going, guys. All right, I'll I'll finish up strong here. On the way out, Luke gets really deep with some Paul Simon lyrics, which bores me to fuck to tears. Uh, then they go to Game of Thrones. They lose. They lose me immediately because they start discussing um, what season this is, and uh, Andrew says that it's the final season. Uh, it's not it's, uh, season seven. There will be a season eight. So credibility gone. So um, I listen to the rest, but everyone else is excused. So fuck this day. Fuck my life. And on to Thursday. <laughs> All right. I'm going to try and take us through this pretty quickly. Thursday, number 2428, low T for the Tillerman. Is it Tillerman or Tillerman? 
Because Andrew said it one way and Luke said it the other way. And I don't know. Uh, somebody Cooper's emailed team. Andrew that they don't like the quote song of the bummer, unquote. And he says, that's no big deal. That's fine. He's not upset by it. But of course, he is upset by it because he gets 500 emails and 499 of them are positive, And he brings up the one negative one and says, but I don't care. It's fine. I'm all right. Uh, they got a, a lovely email from Andy, who is super defense, and they found out that he's been tuned in for the whole Song of the Summer. He's really excited to be included in the bracket. He loves the show. Um, and it's like Dreamcatcher. <laughs> if, if they're talking about you, it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and he sounds super sweet and like a lovely, lovely young man. I, I love it. Uh, and they say that there's always a contestant who gets really, really excited about being included in the song of the summer. Like Lizzo was tweeting about it a lot last summer. Uh, but I, again, I would say this is a thumb on the scale because now they've demonstrated what a nice person he is. And tens are going to feel more disposed to vote for him regardless of uh, what his song is like. And I have nothing against his song at all. I just feel that this is unfair unless they read emails from all the other. I mean, when they read the the email from Big Boy, then I will feel that this is more of a fair thing. <laughs> uh, I, I was a little confused about this, but the regrets maybe tweeted at them so that I they can, know what's going on. I can fill in on this because I'm the one who caused it. <clears throat> um, I was watching TV. And I heard a commercial and I thought, that song sounds familiar. And it's because it's the regret song, Hey Now. And it's in a... Uh, hey Now! Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> all I could think. Uh, it was in a Dunkin' Donuts commercial, like a 15-second spot. It's it's really great the way they used it. And so from the LRB Twitter account, which I've taken to a little bit more recently, I tweeted at TBTL and I said... Um, and I do that because they generally ignore tweet, tweets from my personal account. Uh, Andrew and Luke, I think uh, because we have LRB, I think they prefer to not acknowledge us as listeners anymore. So I tweeted it from the LRB account and I just said, hey, that that jam, the regret song sounded familiar to me. And now I know why, because it's in this Dunkin Donuts commercial. And I sent them the link to the commercial and I figured I could get nice. Andrew's attention because it had to do with commercials. The mm -hmm. good and sure enough, he he so I tweeted at the regrets and the regrets liked it. Uh, and they played the commercial, the 15-second Duncan spot, because... Uh... It's funny what appeals to different people, because when I saw the tweet, the only part of it that appealed to me was the Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dunkin' Nuts. How about that? <laughs> I prefer the vanilla nut taps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... I'm trying to... I, I was trying to... Uh, Cashing my points the other day, but my screen was cracked, so it didn't <laughs> didn't work. I use my Dunkin' Donuts app uh, legitimately at least three times a week, so I need to get on that shit. Uh, so Luke was mistaken. He acknowledges his mistake yesterday about the vig in the sports betting. A uh, bill in Toronto. They always seem I love to you, be Bill. To take emails from Bill, uh, corrected him by sending him the Wikipedia link. And uh, I sent I sent uh, Luke and Andrew uh, a pretty lengthy email. Uh, probably I think it was on Thursday. But uh, then when I heard them talking about this, actually, I just heard them talking about it. And I'm like, oh, Bill covered it. Don't yeah. worry. No need yeah. to worry. <laughs> uh, this leads them 
Uh, well, Luke says, okay, I got it right. And then I second guess myself and I got it wrong. So I made, I did make a mistake. And that puts Andrew in mind of some button that his parents had when he was a child that said, mm. I thought I was wrong once, but I was mistaken. And how that absolutely blew his kid mind grapes that uh, that was a thing. Uh, Leslie sent in an article from Board Panda to them. One thing you skipped yesterday, Mike, because you got too mad about Game of Thrones, <laughs> is that they had a long conversation about yeah. man buns and oh, yeah. how uh, someone in Game of Thrones was using their man bun to hide their bald spot and yeah. how uh, how ridiculous this was. And uh, this article from Board Panda says, nope, this is actually a thing. Men are trying to hide oh, their bald no. spots. Everybody who's been buns? following man buns from the beginning of man buns knows that there have been a lot of dirtbags trying to hide their bald spots with man buns. Yep. I, I'm i a little unclear. Luke kind of, sort of, realized the hypocrisy of mogging someone for using a man bun to try and hide their bald spot while he has multiple methods of using yeah. uh, products to try and hide his own bald spot he's just a different kind of douchebag <laughs> you know we're all our own kind of douchebag he's a different kind of douchebag and he's right he he could totally grow out the hair around his head and and do the man bun but then he would have to do the whole thing where you you grow the wispy beard and you he would somehow have to get about three inches taller because that's a part of the man bun thing too. Is mm -hmm. you have to be tall. Uh, it's it's just we're all our own kind of douchebag. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Andrew really kind of makes this this point in a slightly different way about how you have to own your man bun. <laughs> right. Uh, He's and, totally and, right. Andrew nailed this shit. Yep. But Luke can't grow a beard, so he can't nope. have a man bun. He's out. He says. <laughs> and that leads them to mensharforum.com. Sure, they're not selling anything there where they look at a whole bunch of pictures of world leaders with man buns photoshopped on them. And this is just silliness. Uh, top story for the day is an illicit skate park that got built on Green Lake in secrecy. Um, I literally could not be less interested in nope. this. I got to the part where they got confused about the difference between a <laughs> diameter versus a perimeter. And then Andrew didn't know the difference between cement and concrete, despite if my Shouldn't memory Shouldn't there have been a circumference thrown in there? Didn't didn't they talk about the difference between cement and concrete? There was like a multi-day arc. This has come out oh, yeah. yes. about this yes. a while ago. And so I just stopped listening. So there was some other stuff, but you guys could talk about it. You use cement to concrete something. Well, I made I made an analogy that will probably delight Anne and anger Mike. Uh, concrete is the scone. Cement is the blank batter that you start with when you're making a scone. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Throw in some cranberries so people will love it. You get your you get your cranberries and your blueberries and your orange zest, or maybe some oh white yeah. Chocolate. Don't forget white about chocolate. the zest. White, white wants, chocolate you know. chunks, maybe some macadamia nuts. That's all the other shit that you put in cement to turn it into concrete. <laughs> <laughs> that might be my favorite thing of the week. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> uh, second top story, they move on to something called uh, Sedong Lobophobia, which Luke said incorrectly every time he said it. He missed a syllable every time. 
which is the fear or strong physical reaction to cotton balls. This is one of those things where all of a sudden Luke had a realization that this is a real thing and not just his own personal weirdness, that it is an actual an actual phobia. They have this article they read from the 19 million people have a phobia and you can develop one from literally anything, about literally anything. It just depends on a bad experience, a negative experience that you might have. And Luke has this down to the point where he doesn't even want to use Q-tips. And then Andrew takes it to Weird Town, where he wants to know if Luke was in an episode of Monk being chased, because it has to be an episode of Monk. Would he rather jump into a pit of spiders or a pit of cotton balls? And Luke says he would take the pit of spiders, which is, I guess, how we know that it's a real phobia, because who in their right mind would choose spiders over cotton balls? I don't... I don't believe it side by side. <laughs> no, I just no, don't uh-uh. believe it. And and then Andrew ratchets the silly up a little bit by saying pit of spiders or pit of mustard or mayo. Cotton balls aren't going to venomously bite your <laughs> yam bag to death. <laughs> but uh, Luke says he does have a history of having a lot of earaches as a kid. And then something confusing about having an earache at a Pat Boone concert. And I couldn't tell if he was upset because he didn't like that Pat Boone was singing like Elvis or that he was upset that they left and Pat Boone was singing like Elvis. I don't know. It was all very confusing. But uh, I think I, do, I don't have this phobia, but I, there is a kind of like a weird scritchy feeling about cotton balls. That a little bit. You, yeah. You can kind of see it that someone would kind of get crazy mm-hmm. about it. I get, totally. I get cringy at the thought of cotton balls in my mouth and I was sitting over here deciding whether or not to even mm. say it because mm. that squeaky slippery yep. yeah yeah or kind of pulling them apart with your fingertips yep. um it's kind of and I have an old icky. an old friend who when she opens an aspirin bottle or it's not the 50s so a Tylenol bottle or an Advil <laughs> bottle um she can't she needs someone to take the cotton ball out for her because it weirds her out so much and in mm. fact I posted this link the other day because the Buffalo News did a story about people's weird phobias a few years ago, and they featured her. And the picture is not in the article, but it was a giant picture of a cotton ball in a bottle of Tylenol or something. And the picture made us so uncomfortable when the article came out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised more people don't have this because it is just – it's weird. It's a weird feeling. Yeah. Uh, Moving on to emails, Uh, before we get to the email proper, Luke remarks that uh, people have been uh, telling them that his email box is full, they couldn't send him anything, so he just deleted them all. Just all of them. So let that be a lesson to everybody. Don't even bother trying to send Luke anything. I mean, what is really the point? Just send it to Andrew. Yep. Or better yet, send it to us, because we'll give it the attention that it deserves. No, I'm I'm not saying... um, you should send it to Andrew, but also CC Luke, because if it's something that the it, that Andrew wants to use on the show, it's he can just say, "Luke, look in your yeah." Inbox. At least it'll so, be on top, sort of. Yeah. Right. <laughs> For God's sake, it's above the rim, and, like like that eclair that George ate, which is one of the other moments I thought about during the kids section library story. Sure. 
Uh, in the real email for the day, the one email they got to was from Rachel on the subject of kombucha. Her husband was unemployed for a while, so he undertook a variety of self-improvement projects and decided to start making homemade kombucha. He got the SCOBY, and they kind of um, sort of wondered over that term. It's an acronym. It's just it's like a starter colony of bacteria and yeast or something like that. Um, but Rachel's husband put it under the sink and then forgot about it for a year. And when they rediscovered it on the day they were moving out, the mold took up half of the jar and her husband sipped it anyway and got completely wasted off of the one sip to the point where he was too drunk to drive and couldn't drive their moving truck that day. And now Luke is interested to try this. the, The guy might have been just as sick and delusional as he was drunk. You know, because because when you're sick, like I'm feeling quite sick this morning, I feel drunk, you know. So if I had gotten up this morning and and eaten uh, some kombucha mold off the side of my scoby, I would probably be feeling the same way (laughs) as if I hadn't had a few drinks here before we started recording. Um, But... uh... Do you think you'd feel sick if you'd eaten some moldy marinara sauce? <laughs> uh, at least I would have had some marinara sauce instead of some fucking kombucha. <laughs> because that's the thing that ends this episode is that Andrew tells the story of when he and Veeves ordered pizza and he wanted some extra marinara for the cheese sticks. Excuse me? Cheese sticks? Uh, and... He ended up eating uh, from this jar of moldy marinara that he Well, he was trying to be efficient, the and the first thing you do is you, you wipe it around the side of the jar. But he, uh-huh. I think he did it in the dark while they were watching a movie. And yep. you don't want to get old, old marinara sauce out of the fridge without turning on the light. And, and you know, because you could still use a lot of the marinara in the jar, but sometimes, you know, as... Bobby, I I know you know this as a veteran snacker and probably cheese stick eater. Uh, you need to do a little maintenance around the side of the jar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mariner's never been my go-to for snacking, and maybe this is why. Um, if if I see a jar, let's say half a jar of Trader Joe's marinara in the fridge, which happens, um, and I can't remember when we opened it, I'm just not eating it. Um, no. that's 70 cents worth of marinara that I'm going to del- with, you know, very kindly, just, uh, I'm going to rinse that jar out, put it in the recycle bin, open a new one, or be sad that I don't have any more marinara. And I'm just going to move on with my life. I'm a cheaper yep. man than you. I will always, you know, if there's just a little bit of <laughs> mold around the, I'm going to get rid of that and you, we're going to enjoy the rest of the If you marinara. get to the bar and there's a lady next to you who hasn't finished her jar of Trader Joe marinara. Hey, I'm down. Well, and this is what Andrew was thinking when Genevieve went into the kitchen and turned the light on and was like, oh, don't eat that marinara sauce. It's moldy. And he was like, oh, it's fine. It's just a little bit of mold. What's the big deal? And then once he actually went into the kitchen and saw it, then then he felt sick when he saw how awful it was. And around this point, Luke says, quote, if you're still listening, it's your fault, unquote. So I guess... I guess it was our fault. And that takes us to the end of Thursday. I was sick with with hypocrisy, though. You nailed that part. 
He's eating cheese sticks. Andrew is eating mm-hmm. cheese sticks. Yep. <sighs> it's melty. <clears throat> yeah. It's pizza-y. That's true. But of all the mm-hmm. things on the sides menu of a pizzeria. It's not- cheese sticks are the one thing on the menu that all five-year-olds agree That's to That's true. And Andrew is a five-year-old. <laughs> Uh, Friday, twenty four twenty nine. This party's going to be on the hook. Uh, it cold opens with a voicemail from Kermit the Frog, complimenting. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Complimenting the guys for uh, well, Luke anyway for his Kermit impression, but also uh, just mentioning in passing that legal action is underway. Uh, Luke is in the back of a Kia Optima with uh, Newman behind the wheel and Kevin, quote unquote, navigating. So riding shotgun. Um, uh, en route to Lake Chelan, uh, and Andrew is not because he was not invited. Uh, he is at home in Wallingford, and he says he is, quote, not offended for not being invited, but they really analyzed this for some time. Uh, it is worth noting on the Stens page, somebody basically said, how dare these guys go without inviting Andrew? And Andrew says that he was, they were just joshing and that it was all fine, really, Really, truly, to which I said the real injustice here is against people named Josh, who for some reason have been pinpointed as assholes who don't invite their friends. Um, (laughs) So Andrew says it's fine. I'm going to assume that that was theater for the podcast. Um, Mm, I think so. Yeah. So the guys are going. Andrew's okay not being in the fart locker that is a Kia Optima. Um, yeah, the best thing about this is we I finally learned what Newman's first name is. It's Jason. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. yeah, Newman's been a recurring character for many years, but we can put Jason right next to Isaac on the list of first names that we never knew. I think we probably could have come close to nailing it because we knew he was 40 years old and about a third of those guys are named Jason. <laughs> That's true. Yes, but this one is Newman. Um, Andrew says that if he were invited next year, he could do workshops like how to play Hearthstone and candle making and do carcass <laughs> stock making. God, sign me up. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to summarize the talk about how they're not as raucous as they used to by simply saying these are four men who are collectively realizing that they're getting old. Yep. Yep. Andrew uh, Luke rather decided to give himself a haircut after a bottle of wine Thursday night. Um, Andrew's immediate question: Where was Carrie? Yeah, good question. <laughs> and she was not there, so she could not intervene with him using sewing kid scissors and a safety razor to trim up his hair. Um, Luke says he'd like to go to a place called Just Next. This, this is the only. This is the kind of thing you can only do right before a vacation. Yep. Well, that's your trial balloon. <laughs> you're going to grow a beard, yeah. or you're going to shave your beard off, or you're going to try yeah. a different style. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, yeah, Luke wants a place called Just Next, <laughs> where they just do a cleanup work on you. Um, I wanted to just yell at him. They call that super cuts and they'll do anything you want them to do. If you just walk in and ask, um, mm-hmm. just like he wants a place called the edge where they just serve the burnt edges of things. Clearly he still hasn't been to Burndies. Nope. nope. Yeah. I got a message from Nick Kennedy, uh, this morning saying, um, are we going to talk about Burndies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So guys, if you're curious about the restaurant where you can get just the burned food that is delicious when it's burned, uh, just head on over to Burndy's on Facebook. It's B-U-R-N-E-D-Y apostrophe S, if I remember remember correctly. Yeah, uh, that's right. And you'll find the specials of the day we there. We debated that name for a long yeah, time. Did. So I watched that debate. I was like, really? All right. I don't agree with what you ended up with, but okay. Well, because it's... It, it was... 
It's it's in that diner style. It's named after someone named Burndy. <laughs> Uh, and it, 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 the posts are intermittent on the Burndy's website, but they are there. And, it's still uh, live, and and it was very very funny back in its day. So, <laughs> and if you've never been before, there are plenty of things to scroll through and see, uh, including the yeah. demise of our head chef, uh, some angry pancakes, <laughs> uh, immolation, yeah. among our staff. Yeah. So, you know, plenty uh, of good things over fuck. at Burndy's. <laughs> If it made me laugh, it'll make you laugh. That's a favorite from the archives right there. Mike, have you ever given yourself a haircut? I mean, I know in prison you used to keep it tight shaving your head, right? That's pretty much all I do is give myself haircuts. So, yeah, yeah, I I started doing it in prison because uh, I found out when I got there, before I really got my commissary going and my hustles going and started to get a little money from my sister, uh, that... Haircuts cost, and I had to, you know, you needed like two or three books of stamps to get a haircut, and I didn't have that at first, so I just started saving up razors from the cop shop because you could go in there every day and get a fresh single blade razor, and I started saving them up and kind of hiding them because you're only supposed to have one or two in your locker, and you know, went in the shower with the uh, shaving cream, and one day just took it all down, and I pretty much kept that look throughout my days in there and I had I wore a bandana um out on the yard and in the in the chow hall um in the chow hall you were required to wear a bandana and on the yard you had to you had to wear it so you wouldn't sunburn your head like Jeremy seems to do pretty regularly two or three times a week <laughs> somewhere I have an old picture of a photoshop of a, the first man landing on the moon on Jeremy's head from a sunburn from the past and then, you know, when you're inside working out or playing basketball, it keeps the sweat out of your eyes. So after I got out, I kept that for a long time. And then when I met Emily, she asked me to grow out my hair. I did, and she agreed that it looked kind of nice like two or three weeks out of the, you know, like a three-month haircut period, but it wasn't worth it. So... She encouraged me to go back and start shaving my head, so that's where I am. Yeah. Uh, and you've got beautiful, very long hair. Mm-hmm. And has beautiful hair. Yeah. Thank you. Um, do you do your own trimming Do you for your split ends, or do you go to a salon just to get the end worked out, or what? <laughs> no. I go get my hair cut about every eight months if I remember it, and that's it. <laughs> It's very healthy hair. I don't get a lot of split ends, and so there's no need to do anything to well, it. Well, there you go. And how long, how long is it relative, I guess, to your height? <laughs> Where does it land? I don't know. It's, uh, let's, i got to take the ponytail out. Let's see. It's uh, between my shoulder blades. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I go to Supercuts. I try to go once a month. There's one block from my house. I'm in and out in 15 minutes. I tip really well. And uh, the... The reason I go, and I specifically say to them, leave just enough on top so that it doesn't look like I did it myself with a trimmer. Because if I could do it with myself with a trimmer, I just would. But I want just enough hair to make it worth paying the 15 bucks for the haircut and right. then the tip. So we should have a whole conversation about this sometime, about how much to tip at Supercuts. I'd be curious to hear from the men, really, because it's just um, grown men and children mostly. My uh, Sam goes to Supercuts, too, because she just gets a trim. 
but so she doesn't want to bother going to a salon. But I usually tip ten bucks, and I figured that's because if it was a real salon, I'd have to tip more anyway. And mm-hmm. um, there's probably a lot of people who go into that kind of place and just aren't good tippers, and so I usually try to help balance out the world. Oh, I totally agree, Bobby, because I will go in there when I don't <clears throat> want to take it back myself. I'll go in there and have them shave it back, and you know it only takes about five ten minutes. And they charge, you know, ten dollars on special days when that's the price for that day, or just twelve or thirteen dollars for the non-special days, and always just twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. And I've always got a coupon. To, yeah, knock down a few bucks. So, yeah, whatever. yeah. If I have a coupon, I, I'm like, because it's cash to them. Right. Exactly. Uh, Andrew's downloaded RBI Baseball, and he wants a kempt beard versus an unkempt beard. And I only mention this because he keeps having a stress dream about trimming his beard too short on one side or then the other or then missing a patch and having to shave it all off, which is a an actual problem that happens sometimes. I set my trimmer to one on accident once, took one big stripe out of my beard, <laughs> and then realized. I did – hey, hey, I did that too. I did that too. <laughs> um, I, that was a – because I always promised Emily if I got under – 205, I think, because I have a weak chin, you know? Yeah. I promised her if I got under 205, I would shave my beard. And I got under 205, but I I still didn't really in, intend on following it up. And I, I just forgot to put the filter, the number two filter on my beard trimmer, and I just trimmed it. I just t- I took half of it down. Yeah. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> And then there's, there's nothing you could do but take it all off. And so I've had a beard yeah. for over 10 years, uh, but it was a couple of years ago. Here, I just had to take it down to a real tight trim, so I was down to stubble for a couple of days, and uh, Sam was jarred by it. She'd never seen me without a beard. And I, I didn't yep. I didn't shave it smooth. I didn't pull out my Harry's $10 with offer no, code, the Just nor Razor, did I, nor did I. which I only use on my neck usually, but... Um, I, I did have it down to almost nothing, and thank God it grew in pretty quick. Um, so Yeah, I, I took it all off uh, because of that, and it looked fine. And, you know, I was just mainly as chinless as my dad, which I always was. Uh, but he's always been a little slimmer than me. and But this time I'm slimmer than my dad, so I was like, huh, looks pretty good. But that didn't stop me from growing that shit back immediately. Right. Uh, top story for Friday. Um, there is a rise in artificial sweeteners being found in the water in swimming pools because we're pissing it out at such high levels. That's uh, fucking terrible. Um, I don't understand why anybody's surprised at this. Of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah, this is not news, but Andrew making a joke about why there's so much corn in the pool. Oh, gross. <laughs> the highlight of the week to me. <laughs> He said that and then said he wanted to cut it out. And I had the visual, the image of of Manny's walk-off home run in 2007, the picture that right. Mike posts when somebody nails a joke. It's a walk-off. <laughs> that, was, that was excellent timing by Andrew. Um, since, since we have a scientist on the show, I'll just run the stats that Luke cited. I don't know if they're at all accurate. Apparently, the average um, adult has 0.14 grams of shit on him or her at all times. 
Uh, Makes sense. And the average child has 10 grams of poop. <laughs> Um, but I always I mean, wonder if that's just if you take a like a classroom of elementary school kids, is there just the one shit kid who's just ruining the average for the room? Mm, yep. <laughs> Frankly. Yep. I this I mean it just sort of seems to track logically. I don't have any lady scientist knowledge on this, but point one four grams is pretty small amount, yeah. trace amount well, of shit, the, the so kid, to speak. The kid with horse flies around him is is yeah. uh, evening yep. out the kids who carry around wet wipes. Uh, Needs to work on his wiping game. There's a conversation about how gross this conversation is, but how it's okay because mm-hmm. we'll forget it like new moms forget the pain of birth after they give birth. Sure, sure. We we do have to forget about bacteria. Yeah, absolutely. Throughout the day. I mean, it, you have to actively forget about it. Or else we turn into Howie Mandel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God forbid. Camaro <laughs> uh, Kev uh, is in the car, and so it's easy to ask him about this. Luke says he is one who does not use the, quote, ass gasket, which is the thin sheet of tissue paper that you can put over a toilet seat if you so choose. Um, Andrew still piles high the tissue paper and toilet paper. Uh, but Kevin's on the same page as you, Ann. Uh, well, I wrote down... Uh, the best thing I thought he said was that any public toilet is a war you can't win. And I thought, what is going on in men's restrooms? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of splash back in. There's a lot of splash. Oh. There's a lot of guys using oh. the number two for the number one and not keeping their aim tight. Oh, can, can I say something about the backsplash? And that's the only thing to fear, really. That's the only thing I fear as a man in the restroom. I don't need to ask gasket. I don't need to, you know, delicately lay out all this toilet paper like Andrew to, you know, put his delicate ass down on. I'm, you know, that shit doesn't bother me. A little, you know, a crown of someone else's urine around my ass or whatever. It'll come off in the shower the next day. <clears throat> the only thing to fear and the only logical thing to fear is if you have to actually have to take a shit in one of these places, is the splashback. Like, <clears throat> you take the shit, and then whoosh comes the, you know, the the water coming back up your butthole. Really? And, you know, it may, have been, experience? it may have been flushed. It may have been flushed twice. But still, this is public toilet, you know, water coming back back onto your asshole. That's the only thing I fear in those restrooms. I don't give a fuck about anything else. It's all, you know, you're not, nothing's going to happen to you from all that shit. And even probably nothing's going to happen from what I'm describing. But that's, that's the, to me, logically, that's the only thing you really should be fearing. Yes. There's a very uncomfortable feeling of being splashed in a very private area. <laughs> That's the problem. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, Maybe the uh, load capacity for men is just greater (laughs) than for women. Because I can't say it's anything I've ever worried about. Uh, I've been there, though, Mike. I know exactly what Mike's talking about. Yeah. Well, and and, well, hell, we've gone this far. Uh, We've got (laughs) we've got outside parts, so there's stuff hanging that you don't have to deal with. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
that you right. can hit all over the, the place targets, up there. The target's bigger and lower, and as you get older, it's even bigger and even lower. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's like the whole expanse of D-Day. You know, it could uh, the splash could happen and probably is going to happen all over the beaches. Oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, I'm also with you guys and Kev. There's no winning that war. Um they mentioned the sliding sleeves on the toilet seats and O'Hare, and I've mentioned this before, but the only other place I've ever seen that is in the men's room at the Second Avenue Deli in Manhattan. I'm not objecting to that technology. No, no, That's yeah, exactly. Fine. That's fine. I'm... But, but the, the tissue paper <laughs> is the issue. Yeah. Uh, it's Come on, dude. You're spending extra time in there. You're delaying everyone else's shit. Just literally. sit on the toilet like a man, you big Muppet, and take a shit. <laughs> yeah. so, oh, and the other thing that I wanted to contribute about to this whole discussion is please for the love of god stop using the term raw dog when you talk about sitting on the seat well, just stop it's the yeah. wrong just context stop. for that term among other things yep if, if, just no if you're going to use a disgusting term like that at least use it the right way it it really should stay in context that's one of those terms that should stay in context yeah. Uh, email from listener Tracy, whose cheap chowhound father finished a lady's pork chops at a bar. Uh, the difference between his story and Luke's is that the kitchen was still open. <laughs> All right. That's great. Uh, and, Dad's everywhere. And just to make sure that everyone's grossed out at the end of this episode, Luke mentions that he is tempted late at night in hotels by people's leftover room service that you see in the oh, hallways Luke. after they've been disposed He's of. We've talked about this before. Yes. And as we were talking here, Jeremy, of course, mentioned in the LRB planning conversation chat that he has indeed eaten leftover food off of people's room service trays in hotel hallways. Of course he does. Because of course he has. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Talking about a guy who lived on rations he found in a discarded emergency raft. (laughs) And uh, toads that he cooked with the skin on. (laughs) Uh, so that's the end of this week mercifully music for your weekend Andrew brings a song by Artist Unknown which is a remix of Mr. Postman Luke brings this was one of the worst things that I ever heard when when this thing started playing uh, I reached for my phone and I threw it and then the song kept playing and then I threw my laptop and the song kept playing and then I got up and went into the other room and found emily's tablet and threw that uh what the fuck was this thing i mean at what point would it not just be better to play the original song i know it's a great fucking song that's an excellent point we should just play the actual song sorry i'm yelling no that's perfectly reasonable this is the longest most painful music for your weekend block of notes i've ever taken so Andrew had the no artist remix of Mr. Postman. Luke has Surf Curse Forever Dumb, uh, which he just types as another one of those lo-fi bands with another plug for Super Defense in the talk for this. Um, they're playing the Crocodile on the 31st, so if you Seattleites want to go hear Surf Curse in person, next weekend is your chance. Then they get a listener suggestion from Newman. First, Newman suggests Loyal, the East Coast version by Chris Brown. Then Luke asks him, how about one without the word ho in it? Mm-hmm. So then Kevin, on behalf of Newman, guesses what Newman was going to suggest, which is Charlie Puth's attention. Uh, a perfectly 
modest, mediocre summer song. And so they go out with Charlie Puth's attention, although Newman notes that his backup option would be Io and Teo's Rolex. So we had a whole lot of music discussed in Music Fear Weekend. Most of it was pretty terrible. Yeah, but that. There's merch in the merch store. Go buy it. Keep archiving episodes of CBTL. One of us will be sending a wagon full of loot eventually to Summer Alderan. Let's not get our hopes up on a timeline here, guys. We can still get a couple to go. Uh, but it's going to happen, and we're really happy to do it. Amazon links com slash Amazon. Uh, those puke bags that uh, Mike loves so much from the <laughs> hospital are available on Amazon. Those blue ones that get oh, wider man. at the bottom and kind of – I'm going to load up. Yep, so com slash Amazon for that. Earbuds and Earworms did an episode about songs about fears. Um, like the length of this episode is scaring me now. Check that out. A little bit. And uh, best of show moments, please send those our way for our holiday episodes. And get involved with the show. Head over to littleredbandwagon.com, fill out the form to be a guest on a Friday show, and share your favorite TVTL moment. Uh, also, throwyourphone.com. You know it. You love it. Keep those coming our way. We don't read them all on the show. It's but amazing. Every single one of them. Very often, the first person to read it will like post it in our planning chat, and we'll talk about what a good comment it is. So we are reading them all, and we are loving them. Throwyourphone.com. Uh, Facebook. We're around on Facebook. Our page. We're giving a, a little extra push on our page these days, and also hanging around the Stens page, just watching the dumpster burn. The show Twitter is at LRY Podcast. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail dot com, and send us a voicemail or a text at eight zero two four three two TVTL. That's eight zero two four three two eight two eight five. I'll get us out of here. Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen and Jason. Jeremy, what, 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 what are what are all the names of forty-year-old guys? Anyway, <laughs> we love you, Scott. Good call. Nailed it. <laughs>